the bare necessities, the simple bare Hello and welcome back to That's a Shame. Sound quite weary. For our 47th episode. We are coming up to the closest thing we'll have to a milestone for a long, long time. Oh yeah, many moons. Toby Milestones King is veritably shaking with anticipation. Wet himself. Um, I am Declan. And, and with I'm me, oh, Isaac. On. Look, I can introduce myself, okay? <sighs> Fine. And I'm Fine. Isaac. How are you, Declan? I'm very well, thank you, actually. Um, we're in a characteristic rush, um, <laughs> as ever. Um, so, yeah. Despite so halving <laughs> our content <laughs> output... We have also halved, at least halved our effort <laughs> that we put I think, in. Yeah, I think what happened was that I um I went too far the other way. Because I was like, oh, it's only one a week now. That's fine. And now we found ourselves with one second to record. Which is, you know, we've had busy weeks. We have. But I, it's not excusable. No, no, it's We're going to change. It's also like I find myself in this weird uh, twilight zone every week where I'm booked to tutor this kid. Mm-hmm. From five thirty to seven thirty every Monday, mm-hmm. and my week, my working schedule at the hotel changes every single week. Like it, it's different, different days all the time. They like to keep you guessing, and yet somehow we end up every Wednesday recording at the last minute. And I've been <laughs> tutoring this kid, and I've got work like every week without <laughs> fail. It's the same. Somehow, something means that the tutoring gets moved, and my shift mm. is just you know perpetually on the same day. Well, look, I think it's dark forces that have combined to try and stop this content going out because they know all too well in their horrid, decrepit hearts that this is the last bastion of righteousness. You think we're being attacked by some evil podcasting cabal? Yeah demons and the pangolin hasn't stepped up you don't think it's the old (laughs) do you (laughs) (laughs) i'll be editing that out (laughs) but i'm certain that it is (laughs) Um, oh they're big fans and i mean we we were going to record some extra content because we had some hours left unusually oh that's gone at the end (laughs) at the end of our cast yesterday (laughs) but uh but i had to um I had to go away. In fact, I had to go down to where Isaac lives, but not to see him, and because he, he wasn't I there. Wasn't there. <laughs> it was it was very odd. It was a comedy of errors. Um, I had to. Go he d- came to my house while I wasn't there. I like did some sort of pilgrim. Just went into your room, <laughs> had a look, around, moved <laughs> had a some things. Look around. <laughs> um, Horrible. Yeah, no, I I went to go and uh, to go and see uh, your mother and William. Oh yeah, um, I know them. You do, because from from what they said, you don't ever talk to them. (laughs) (laughs) I don't talk to many people. There were about three points where I foolishly continued to say, I'm sure Isaac's told you. And they both just silently shook their heads. (laughs) He doesn't tell us anything. Resignation. (laughs) Quite important things as well. It wasn't like, oh, I'm sure Isaac's told you, you know, about my... uh, His favourite colour. Yeah, I'm sure he's told you what I had for dinner last week. It was like... You know all that money you're going to be paying in the back? <laughs> Has he... No? He has, Look, we oh, should announce well. then. Also, I haven't said, and I will say just for the sake of, you know, anyone who's listening and likes routine, this, not unlike every other episode, is going to be one hell of an hour. Oh, sorry, yes. I, I didn't give of you your, uh, your weekly chance to say that. It but. goes without saying. Yeah. But I thought we should maybe announce our, our maybe news. Like, I'm holding off 
I know, but we have been, yeah. Certain. I've been holding off telling people unless they're very close to me. Oh, even then, I've been, I've asked people directly not to ask me about it until <laughs> I've confirmed. I'm like, look, it might happen, it might not. Don't talk to me about it until we know. It's. Uh, I'll come to you. It's, uh, it's uh, something where ev- every, like, day we're getting news that we're a stage closer and yet I feel just as far away. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I'm waiting like the Jenga blocks of each stage, each micro stage as it progresses up to this treacherous tower that's going to collapse in on itself and leave us both homeless. But if that's not to happen, I'd say what percentage are we? I'd say about 80. Okay. Let's call it 82 and a half. Let's be diplomatic. On By this time, this is a convoluted way of describing what's happening. But by the time episode 48 comes out, the next day, we might, 80%-ish, be moving into a flat in London. Imagine that. Just think of the joy. Mm. And let's not, I mean, look, it it feels crass to big it up when we're only 78, 4% sure that yep. we'll be moving in there. But I mean, it's quite the flat as well. It is. It's a very, it's much nicer than we deserve in any financial sense. I mean, morally and spiritually, we deserve penthouses. Absolutely. Goes without saying. Maybe like a suite at the Waldorf kind of vibe. We, uh, but, um, is that just, did you say that just so you can link to that song in the, no, uh, but I'm going to, <laughs> in the notes. if you'd like to hear Diana Riggs singing, Sometime, then go to shame.city and you shall. <laughs> then, then be around Isaac for any <laughs> length point. of time. <laughs> um, yeah. And, Imagine uh, that though. It's going to be, be mad. It'll be mental. I How was, do you foresee it impacting shame city? Is that output? Output, I see it um, definitely helping um, yes. in terms of quantity. Mm-hmm. Um, Not quality. Well, the quality down. thing, I, I don't know. I've no idea. I was saying, talking to someone earlier about... Uh, mm. The fact, our good friend Emily, I was talking to her about how uh, how I think it it might affect the podcast. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting because I I've really enjoyed some of our uh, our in the same room episodes. But I've enjoyed the novelty of it. Yeah, and also well, mm. some of them some of them end up being so in jokey because we're yeah. in literally the same room and because we've been spending. Uh, usually in those episodes, like I've come to visit you, so we've been spending a few days yeah. together, that we have this bank of our own references that we keep making ourselves laugh with, and it mm-hmm. and it makes exactly none of our listeners <laughs> laugh because they don't know. Them. <laughs> so I I I think it will be uh, hard for us initially to uh, to get away from the fact that we'll be around each other far more often, and well. so. Uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting, but we will do our best for you, dear listeners. Yeah, I'll just move out every so often yeah, for weeks just, at a time. That's fine. See what happens. We can record from separate rooms as well. So <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like nothing's changed. So fucking pretentious. <laughs> imagine like, imagine so both of us like telling our housemate to be like, no, just don't disturb either of us. <laughs> basically the whole flat is currently in recording mode you see that red light that i've stuck to the wall that means you can't move so stay in your little hovel and don't come out but yeah it's going to be interesting certainly we should say as well that uh our flatmate it looks at the moment is going to be none other than the wonderful friend, friend and colleague and colleague but mark. soon to just be friend mark friend and housemate mark friend and flatmate mark oh yeah there well we that's go. exciting that's good yeah, yeah. He's very mm. excited. Well, that's good. Which he is know where he's staying at. Which is odd because he 
I mean, A, yes, hasn't even been there. Hasn't seen that. <laughs> um, but also because he's a perennially unexcited man. <laughs> um, oh, that's good. Which uh, which I feel is is something that you'll uh, you'll share. Mm. Should we get him on the show one time? I think definitely. I think one be, time. I think it'd be. I was going to say, it'd be like cruel not to have him on at least once <laughs> if he's living in the flat. Imagine <laughs> if he was just so bad on the show though, that we had to just get him on like a pretend episode where we record into a toaster. <laughs> yeah, come on. And we have to come set on. we have to set up a whole other RSS feed and put all of our episodes plus that one plus all the ones after it into it, but only publicise so it tell to his Mark. <laughs> No, I'm so sure cruel. he'll be a fantastic guest. Imagine going, <laughs> you mean on the show, not in his own flat, hopefully. In, in both ways, yeah. I think of everyone in that flat as my guest. <laughs> um, maybe we should tell a bit about our estate agent and her <laughs> wet eyes. <laughs> That's all I know. That's well, the first time I met her, I've been sitting on all these stories for a while because it's just been like a source of extreme irritation to me whenever i've had to think about this whole process so i haven't been able to find much fun in it but maybe now that it's concluding because we're what 60 55 percent sure yeah, that we'll get yeah. this flat so the first time i met her to go and look at this nice flat i was sitting outside for quite a while and she texted like oh really sorry i'm running late um i should be 10 minutes or something well she was half an hour so i was predisposed <laughs> to be a bit annoyed but also i'm late to things i don't care that much i'm not I'm not one of those, like Ricky Gervais always brings up how much he detests lateness and I, I don't care about it particularly. No, it's not one of my pet peeves. Cared, really. No. So she turned up half an hour late and she was like bustling out of the car like there was an, a tornado inside it that she had to escape from and she was like dropping papers everywhere and, and just in that erratic, frenetic state as she crossed the maybe 15 feet from where she'd parked to where I was sitting and had her hand out the whole way to like shake hands, but from too far away. <laughs> so it was like a homing missile coming towards my palm. And she was really apologetic. And I, in a just small talky way, I was just like, oh, that's fine. Like, was it traffic or something? And she was like, I have to be honest, traffic was a factor, but, and then she sort of paused and gazed off. And it looked like, um, have you ever seen the commercial that is the cultural touchstone of the Native American man who cries when someone litters? <laughs> it's that. <laughs> What? You must have heard of this before. What are you all about? It's a very often parodied commercial that ran in America that was just about not littering around the country right. and the way they thought to... Uh, I haven't seen it for years, so I might be mischaracterizing it somewhat. But from my recollection, the, what happened was someone drove past and dropped a can out of a window of their car or something. And this Native American man notices and just cries. <laughs> it's, very, it's a strange, like... It's an odd vector for empathy. <laughs> I lo- it's like, well, you've come to their country. I was and about to say, like them, the, so the, the the American, not drop a the American perception of of the Native Americans is that they they've really moved on from the whole massacre, yeah. slaughter, marginalization, and theft of land. And now what their now their yeah. big concern is now that now that all that's over. <laughs> what we want to do is just keep <laughs> the place tidy. It. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. Manifest destiny is one thing, but can we keep the fucking I, drinks cans? I have, to, to, I have to live in this one square foot of land, so I'd rather they weren't your <laughs> Pepsi cans all over it. Quick uh, tangent. What about that thing we've both seen that was a screenshot from a US textbook titled, it's a history book for kids. It looked at maybe like 13, 14, because it was kind of fun colours still. Yeah. 
but a fairly serious topic. The title is like moving on. And the, 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 <laughs> yeah. the paragraphs are something like when the, uh, <laughs> the pilgrims arrived, they asked the native Americans if they wouldn't mind <laughs> letting them have some my kindly, just the, uh, just the natives agreed just down the road. On. <laughs> Mad. What a dreadful, dreadful light. Anyway, she did this kind of look like she was about to cry for all the litter in the world. And did that big intake of breath and just said, I've never felt bullied before as an adult. I was like, okay, this is an interesting way to describe that story. I always like it when people take odd uh, structures in, in how they retell events, because it's something I've been thinking about when I'm reading it, that you kindly lent me Stephen King's book. It's a very odd collection of ways he has of telling that story. And in the same way, our estate agent dived into her reaction before telling me the event. So it kind of gave me a good frame. Do you think it's a, a filmic thing? Like non-linear yeah. films make people think that it's uh, it's best to tell stories in unconventional ways. You can't just start with uh, Once Upon a Time anymore. You've got to start no, with like uh, open with some action, freeze frame, record scratch. And then it rewinds. Yeah. <laughs> record yeah. scratch. This is me, oh, yeah. you know. <laughs> Yep, that's me. Oh, okay. Maybe yeah, you're wondering yeah. how I got here 80s. to be this ginger cat eating lasagna on the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. In this sort of Garfield biopic. <laughs> yeah, it's maybe a bit overdone, but I like it in uh, in moderation. And this yeah. is moderation, because anyway, she told me a story about how they had one client at her estate agency who'd been there for six weeks and they'd had to hire a new person just to deal with her. She'd bought a big penthouse, like Filthy Witch. Um, and then a light bulb had gone. It was something really minor, like a light bulb or a light switch wasn't working. And she'd gone mad about it. And they'd booked electrician after electrician to kind of fix the problem. And she just kept cancelling them and then shouting. And our estate agent had been over there and she's just the nicest woman. She's a bit mad, isn't oh, she? Extremely. But oh, in, in a lovable way, like a, a really, yeah. she reminds me of a kind of Professor Sprout figure. Herbology, yeah, she's kind got of that vibe. kind of Miriam Margulies yeah. kind of vibe going on. She was on the verge of tears, really, for the whole of this story, and then I didn't think too much of it, but it it kept coming back up because she was just really put out, like she'd forgotten the photos, she'd left them in the client's house and stuff. So I was very sympathetic, is what I'm getting at. And then we met her together. And uh, what was your first impression? Well, I the thing is, is that I'd spoken to her on the phone the oh, day yes. before. And so I'd experienced her particular brand of madness, mm-hmm. um, it, which is that very uh, scattered, um, moving on to be elderly lady kind of mm-hmm. uh, madness, where she she jumps very erratically from one thought to another. Yeah, and then while back. she's very, while she's very assured of of very few things, <laughs> um, but when she is, like you just would not cross her. No. You know, she, she'd be so uh, dotty about, um, like, nearly everything we're talking about. Oh, I'm, I'm not sure, but I think it should be fine. And, oh, well, I haven't got that with me, but I, I I think I think that that would be fine. And then she'd come in and she'd go, but I wouldn't allow that. <laughs> okay. And, and I'd go, yeah, no, no, of course not. No, because I don't I think that that's fair, though, don't you? Yeah, yeah, no, totally, <laughs> t- t- absolutely fair. Yeah. So I, I wasn't quite sure what to picture from her mm-hmm. I, I wasn't i was thinking not frail but no. not exactly uh, sturdy um but then uh, oh my god what's this what's happened there's a, fucking, there's a fucking ipad going off somewhere i didn't know anyone in my house even owned one 
that's like the start to a bad techno horror film where I have to hear you die on the podcast <laughs> recording. It's the way he would have wanted to go. Anyway, I've put it on silent. Good. I've never seen it before. Um, <laughs> Could be mine. I can't find my iPad. Maybe it's like a modernised version of Death Note. Oh, that's a nice tease there that we'll come back to. I thought to. you might like that, yeah. Yes. Um, so I wasn't sure what to expect. And then... What did you expect with regards to like her eye state? Well... Um, Arid? There's very... <laughs> <laughs> Leaking. There's, I, what I'd say is that I I think a lot about eyes when you meet people. Because yeah. obviously you can, Window they're the windows of the soul. Some people have very sneaky nice, eyes, don't they? They're a nice basic indicator sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and they're also when someone asks you about another person, eye colour, eye shape, eye wetness. <laughs> well, maybe not the last one. Uh, but the, the 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 former two are uh, are definitely identifiers. Um, we met, and I I'll be honest, I hadn't had much of a chance to get a look at her eyes. Uh-huh. Uh, I was trying, like, like ducking around. She, she seemed to be <laughs> hiding, hiding from me. Yeah. Suspicious, uh, but she seemed otherwise lovely. Anyway, we got into the world's smallest elevator, uh, carpeted, which always unnerves me a bit. Uh, <laughs> and also, the voiceover in the elevator in this building is the strangest selection that you can make. Sounds, it sounds like someone who's a, like halfway through the process of enlightenment. <laughs> Law four. It sounds like a bit we talked about ages and ages ago in that play where it went, oh, space four. Yeah. <laughs> it's that kind of delivery. It's a really strange, like ethereal, but slightly unhinged delivery. And Which is not what you want in a lift, necessarily. No. And and there's a plaque on the wall that says it can hold nine people. It says when it can it could fit maybe... 85 <laughs> legions of men in Despite this one-by-one one foot space. Despite it being the size of a book. <laughs> I, like, I, I got in it first and I felt that was like it. I was already I took too the stairs. <laughs> but we got into this cramped space. This dumb waiter. Yeah. <laughs> There's just an old man who like, pulls on a string Haunting to lick looking. you up. And um, we were all very close. Yeah. And she started like thumbing her own eyes. I don't know what it what what a horrible it was. horrible verb to I know, but, but that was it. Thumbing. She was. She was thumbing her own eyes. And before, you know, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I wasn't expecting any kind of apology but she came <laughs> forth with one anyway, which was that she said, I'm sorry, I've got very wet eyes. <laughs> I just, I didn't know what, what to, say. to say. I couldn't even look. I couldn't even look at Isaac because that would have I mean, been the, the end of us living somewhere. We'd have been barred been from every single estate agent <laughs> in the country. Reason laughed at my wet the, the, eyes. The country would have used its last moments in the EU to have us banned from an entire <laughs> continent. It was really, or it was, housing. it was, it was very reminiscent of sometimes what very early on in our friendship when we had the uh, the seminars with Adam. Oh, bless Adam! He was this lovely but hopeless Edward PhD Snowden student. looking man. <laughs> yeah, he was like Edward Snowden piloted his own body. But just a very slightly bigger but version. No, no, and no one had told him the controls. Yeah, because this was like if he stepped out of that corpse suit, he was like the skinnier. He looked a bit like a Tim Burton Edward Snowden in my memory. Yeah, yeah, he was very much like Jack Skellington, wasn't he? He was all like angular and like 
he looked like he had pivot and, points. And the poor guy, like, I mean, he replaced, it was for this bullshit thing we've probably mentioned before called Critical Questions, which was uh, a fancy <laughs> a name of for nothing. all of the all of the bullshit that they didn't manage to squeeze in anywhere else. Yeah. Um, and a reason to keep us occupied for our nine grand a year. <laughs> um, and we'd had this one called Rosemary. Oh, yeah. Who was the most useless, odious cunt ever <laughs> to take charge of a group of people. Um, she did have a degree in uh, the letters pages of Kerrang! magazine, though. That's not even a joke. That's a hundred percent. That was a PhD. literal PhD. Um, and we've, I've, I mean, I've read it. And it's nonsense. <laughs> There's not a single point made in it. That's a shame. For example, her first, our first lesson with her, she asked everyone to bring along their favourite excerpt from literature. I myself like did not attend paragraph. this lesson. <laughs> I I went along because I was on like probation oh, yeah. <laughs> already, um, and uh, I didn't bring anything because I thought. I just wing it. But it turns yeah. out that what she wanted us to do is to sit in a circle and go round the circle and read them out and then and then move on to the next person. Oh, useful. And so we spent, there were maybe like 30 people in the room. So they went round, 30 people read for maybe two minutes each. It mm-hmm. was like the first hour of this two hours um, workshop. And her point when we finally completed the circle and got back round to her was that we'd all chosen different extracts. <laughs> but but the thing was, we hadn't because some people had brought the exact same extract <laughs> along. So whilst she was making the most fatuous point with like the most vacuous argument, she'd still managed not to make it. Like because two of the people looked at each other and were like, Well, we and she was like, So moving on <laughs> Has anyone heard of Kerrang! magazine? <laughs> They've got some crazy letters this week, may I she, say. She, we did, a, we did a, a, another workshop that was on the, uh, the theory, I'll call it, of unit ideas. It was Which, nothing. if you don't know it, look it up, because it is nothing. It's one it's, of those theories that is both everything and therefore <laughs> nothing. nothing. It does it, not refer to any idea. The basic idea that they put across is that all ideas can be broken down into simpler unit ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you then use these fundamental ideas to kind of build up to, to bigger things. And we sort of like, I mean, in a way, it sort of makes sense. I suppose yeah, it's right in a way. goes on about that when yeah. he's like, if you have a dream about a big yellow spider with a tail, you can break down all those things. Big, and you've got like a yellow. fundamental <laughs> yellow. It's got like the tail of a dolphin or something. Yeah. You can look at where all these elements come from. And, but we were like, so what, but what would one be? And she said, you guys an English Kerrang magazine. <laughs> she said, an English garden. Oh yeah, what's <laughs> strange? Said, well, I've already broken that down into two more fundamental <laughs> ideas <laughs> for you. And That's she, so but she I've refused to give any more like explanation as to. As it to it, it became wrote. like because these were fairly long by by the standard of anything that because as an English student you don't have a lot of contact time, and so. And we went to even less like of our mandated time. So in our weekly schedule, this was like a big block of time spent in a room. And so there was already this, yeah, this was like, this was at least I'd say thirty percent of my yeah. of my hours for that week. I just and I wanted it over from the beginning, but it just became like a farcical people just proposing 
mad things and be like what is is this a unit idea is it not like what, how can we get to it? it was like a tribunal of some yeah. sort of inquest <laughs> she was having to stand up for it was a like theory a sh- that had no merits it was like a sitcom uh, town hall meeting where people yeah. just get angrier and angrier just like but, what well what is one it was just like she was arbitrarily saying yeah. no yes yes <laughs> of course certainly not <laughs> it was get just out. nonsense but but they went from her who was who, she was quite strict and miserable for someone so yeah, very useless. Um, to she, she was replaced by this PhD student, Adam, who was mm-hmm. her antithesis in every sense. Someone who was like scrupulously forensic and bookish. Um, yeah. Um, but also without much resembling a spine <laughs> or the rest of a skeleton <laughs> for someone who was so angular. Yeah. Um, and he was like a little puppet man. It was whilst. It was, in fact, his first workshop with us that we met, and we had a lot. We were having a laugh because it was about ideology, and he had us reading uh, we Daily, Daily Mail, Mail articles stuff. about the Olympic opening ceremony, mm. and you and we refused to quote from the article, instead choosing to talk about all the comments, <laughs> <laughs> which are obviously more entertaining. Um, but then, I, like, I think our real bonding was a couple of weeks later during <laughs> during the the workshop on comedy. <laughs> which i mean we were looking forward to anyway because he was one of the the least funny people without being um unfunny Mm. he he just kind of there was a real absence of humor to he was like the neutral planet in futurama it just sort of would have bounced off him like he could have been sat in front of Stuart lee trying for eight hours with his best material and it wouldn't it wouldn't be that he found it not funny it would be that it it was as if it had no nothing effect. was there. It was yeah. like the ghost of comedy. And uh, and so we were already looking forward to how he was going to teach us about it. And just, he just chose, how he was going to engage with it as a concept. He, so he chose perhaps the worst vector imaginable, which was to go <laughs> straight in with supposed literary common comedy, mm-hmm. uh, for which he chose a section from Don Quixote. Yeah. Now, I don't know about you, Um, it's never it's never been a it's it's never been a book that made me laugh riotously no it's one of those where you can appreciate the it's a bit of wit yeah it's and occasionally the reason you know it's not that funny now is there are bits you're like oh that's a good joke like that holds up which is to say that the rest of it does not and like you can appreciate that it was funny when it was written adam bless him brought along a section from this and oh God, I forgot about his extract. And he'd typed it up, <laughs> white text on a black background on, on a PowerPoint. PowerPoint. Mm. And he had it on the screen and then proceeded to begin reading it. And it was a scene where uh, Don Quixote mistakes some windmills for giants and goes yeah. to attack them or something. For quite a while as well. Uh, yeah. Well, this was the thing is he started reading and there were about... 300 words i'd say on the screen Mm -hmm. on this slide and he started reading in the most monotonous voice that you could possibly muster it was like he was actively trying to suck any ghost of humor that there might have been (laughs) out of it and isaac and i were just we were sat either side of a friend of ours and uh and she was constantly having to just kick us (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because we were 
crying like i was in it just bits. became there it, are so many situations that and they're quite particular to being an education i think because i don't experience them very often now maybe you do if you're in an office meeting or something i think as I, to me it was the classic you can't laugh in church kind of idea as yeah, well it's that but it's also like the rigid refusal of the rest of the present company to acknowledge the absurdity of the situation (laughs) the man had been reading for 18 hours in the same monotone delivery and and this was about comedy yeah but but then he he reached the end of the extract and then clicked a button and there was a whole other slide (laughs) another like 600 words Uh, we i was like i was letting out squeaks (laughs) Because otherwise, I was going to have an aneurysm. Oh, yeah. I, my whole face was red. I I remember that there was there was one stage towards the end where we both I think accidentally caught like one another's eyes. I think we were both looking over to see if the other was still laughing and happened to do it at the same time. And caught each other's glances, and I nearly fell off my seat because this man was so unimaginably boring it was relentless and he finally came to the end of this extract stopped stepped to the side of his lectern and went now why was that so funny (laughs) (laughs) great question adam where to begin (laughs) i could not believe like just i i i was so angry that it was you me and uh, lovely Max, <laughs> like oh, yeah. across the room somewhere laughing. And everyone else was just sitting I there. I don't get that reaction. Is it that they're pretending to just be like more grown up? They're just better at moderating that impulse. Yeah. it's or they're, they're just unfunny. They're the same people who were... Uh, There's a lot of tough who, who thought I didn't deserve to have a degree. <laughs> oh, <laughs> a lot. <yeah. laughs> those ones. Yeah. Those, Our supportive Those, those 80% colleagues. <laughs> <laughs> of the course. Um, bless them but oh dear yeah it was a powerful moment i don't remember learning that much about comedy as a result no no very 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 little i did learn that if i ever needed to cast (laughs) uh a kind of a tortoise figure (laughs) straight man upon which to just descend all manner of madcap characters then adam would be first and foremost he could be the center of the action while it all just goes mad because he just had the emotional range of drywall it was quite spectacular. Why did we start? I have no recollection. We were talking about the estate agent. Uh, oh, because like, we were, yeah, because the wet eyes, we couldn't. Oh, yeah, we, we're back to we, wet we, eyes. We were it all comes back round to so wet eyes. In the end, all roads lead to wet eyes. <laughs> anyway, that's the end of the story. You yeah. have wet eyes. <laughs> no, because there was another similar moment later uh, when we were in the flat and we were having a look down <laughs> and uh, we were sat down. You were on a little cushion. I was sitting on a little beanbag. I felt like we were about to um, brainstorm like the fourth quarter, (laughs) sky blue thinking. Um, Bullshit. And you're on a little beanbag. Adrian and I were at either end of a sofa. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about ways in which us moving in would be even remotely financially possible. Because basically the problem with this whole process and why it's been so tedious (laughs) is that Declan and I resolutely... (laughs) <laughs> refuse to <laughs> to thrust our square peg into the round hole that is full-time employment <laughs> i haven't even resolutely refused i i have you're, been, you're been resolutely denied. refused yeah. whilst also like i mean i'll be honest it's not something i'm crazy about <laughs> no but uh 
but yeah, are we we're doing this without full time positions because we know that we can make the money anyway. Yeah, no, from in one of those. tutoring, yeah. writing, acting, and, you know, all sorts. It, it, on the you know forty five percent chance that we get this flat, we know yeah, that it, solid that it'll be uh, that it would be fine. But and what sadly, the problem sadly, is, is that it's sadly that guarantee doesn't mean an awful lot to yeah, landlords. The whole system is so set up to to kind of uh, promote your following of a very traditional path yeah. into how you can rent. It's like, well, do you like reference from your previous employer, which I had, but they never bothered to find anyway, and then like. Uh, referencing just looks into every aspect of your finances so it was all a lot of nonsense but there was a moment where there have been in fact so many of these moments because I've spoken to her quite a lot on the phone and had to not lie but frame the truth in such a way as to mask the sheer magnitude of our resistance to (laughs) and lack currently of full-time employment because like we say like it's not an issue we can pay the rent that's that's fine so we were keen to to press forwards but there have been lots of cases where i've had to think quite carefully about how i reply to emails or even questions on the phone and uh there we were sat in this lovely triangle i felt like we were we really bonded over that wet eye experience in the elevator yeah she didn't know that but but we, we we did and so that was yeah. the important thing. But she came, we were coming to this idea because we essentially needed guarantors was the oh, yeah. uh, was the thrust. And my uh, parents aren't in a position to guarantor me. Um, and so we we were looking for ways around that. Yeah. And uh, one of the ways that she, she suggested, because I didn't realize that you had uh, perhaps implied this to her, that we were starting new jobs. <laughs> I'd never implied it, but again, it was one of those things I never denied when yeah. it came up. It was just sort of nodded. Yeah. And she was like, well, I mean, obviously, um, one of the things that could help if we just get a letter from, uh, from each of your, <laughs> from each of your new jobs that you're moving into. And I just, uh, confirmation of employment. I like looked over to Isaac who lifted his gaze to be very, very briefly and just, shook his head ever so imperceptibly <laughs> as if to say don't interact don't, don't engage on anything <laughs> Just like, i need this mm, yeah <laughs> right okay well was, i'll see about those was, letters yeah it was very similar to the glance when uh the inimitable joe asked us what we wanted for breakfast <laughs> it was so deathly similar so at that time my eyes were bleeding from fear <laughs> Which kind of gave the the game away. Really angered old Joe Angela in a big way. I wonder if that's still up. Should we do a little update? I'll have a Camjasara, whatever it's uh, called. Yeah, it was something like that. Okay, any guesses while it loads? Uh, almost certainly. Um, yep, yeah, so it is up. Good. And how much are we charging a night these days? Um... I I can't. They can't have gone lower than seventeen. So I'll say seventeen. Sixteen pounds. No. (laughs) Definite murder. Let's have a look. Oh my god! There's a place nearby that's doing fifteen pounds per night. Oh yeah. Should we stay there? All the photos. All the photos look like they were taken in the (laughs) seventies. You can stay in the past where fifteen pounds a night actually meant hundreds. Yeah, <laughs> they just hard. haven't moved on. There's lots of well, uh, lots of these sort of relatively close to blocks. Which is it? Just a is it a veritable just, uh, hell. summer aisle? 
yeah. <laughs> where they're all just looking to murder you. Pretty much. Good, that's the vibe over good. there. But yeah, that's... But anyway, um, to come back around, we are, in theory, going to be moving into a place. This opens the avenues for more content um, across the board, although obviously now we have to focus on being able to pay rent as well. So we'll, <laughs> we'll probably be doing a similar amount of episodes for the time being, but more side projects, shall we say? Yes, definitely. And then, I don't know, yeah, we, we should be able to do more stuff. We can maybe do like, I know some of our listenership is in and around the south of England, so we can meet up sometime. That'd be nice. Wow. People, Have a drink. People can get some use out of those drown your sorrows tokens we'll never oh, send yeah. out. <laughs> I forgot. Did we ever talk, talk about those on air? Uh, yeah, because we, we mentioned them because they were part of the competition. Oh, yes, I remember. Um, that we did. Yeah. You remember? That went well, didn't it? Yeah. Good. Very anyway, well. moving on. We've got some... Oh, I've got some quickfire shame, as it were, that I've just been like sitting on for a while because it's... They're just stories that don't really go anywhere, is the theme of this anthology. <laughs> They don't really have an overarching yeah, oh, vision. That, They're just nice, some things that have happened. That's a nice way to close out the episode. I've, I've got one or two as well. So Yeah. So here you so go. go My first one. This happened a couple of weeks ago now. Oh, no, probably about a month ago. I was in the park with my girlfriend. and The, the park. The park, yeah. You know, you know the, the park. Oh, the park. Yeah, with the grass and the, the yeah. dogs and all that. Yeah. Anyway, this one had more dogs than usual, is the thing. So It wasn't the dog park, was dogs. it? No, just the human part that dogs have kind of come over here, Annexed. taking our land. <laughs> yeah, moving in. The dogs <laughs> arrived and asked the natives if they wouldn't mind being massacred. Ruthlessly forming the backbone of a superpower. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and anyway, there was a family behind us as we were walking down this path that were very, I think it was Regent's Park, maybe. I can't remember, but it was very well to do. So very dog sort of talking like this. Very dogful. They're very large dogs as well. Like good, like good. posh people seem to have an attachment to old money. Really likes big dogs, but new money like, like LA. small dogs. They're like tiny dogs. What does that say about people? Something to think about. Something to get the behavioural economists on. Economists. Economists. <laughs> anyway, here we go. There was a family behind us having all manner of conversations about like different grouse that they were going to shoot and things like this. And then the dad strolled up and he was a man of probably about 60, very tall, very broad. And uh, just wearing that kind of look that just, ugh, it's like everything's just a bit of a hassle. You know, yeah. I'd rather just be sitting at home playing billiards or something. The sort of, uh, just... the sort of dad who, um, who acts like um, he's the first person ever to be a dad. Yeah, it's like, God, these tiny little adults, they don't have a fucking clue, let me tell you. Got homework coming out of my ears. Yeah, I tell you, and they, he, just, they need to go places, they, they, they need feeding. I mean, I barely have a moment to myself. Three times a day. Anymore. <laughs> I, I'm sure he made time. In fact, he may have made time prior to this trip, which would explain <laughs> what he did next. What he did next was he sort of came out of the woods where he'd been looking at one of the dogs just running around enjoying his life. His or... And he came back... <laughs> I don't know, actually. Who, who can ever be sure? He barreled back to his family with this look, as as if he was just remembering something that troubled him mildly. And he said, um, come here, one moment. Did you know that wild dogs are democratic? His family didn't respond. I looked over my shoulder to so I could kind of witness what was going on. Yeah. And he just, he took their silence as, uh, I guess, Invitation. interest. And he launched into this big spiel about how 
basically they sit around these wild dogs and they all vote for things and how that was basically where humans got the idea <laughs> for democracy. The ancient Greeks. Yeah, they, they just sort just of uh, sit around. For, they, Plato. Every dog has its say. Plato went for a really walk the one day. <laughs> noticed a bunch of wolves just sat around raising paws in turn. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> let's give this a go. Exclude the slave dogs. Don't though. let the slave Don't give dogs them a vote. Jesus. <laughs> so that was odd. Uh, next odd thing is um, I was walking. You know, there's a path that one can take from my house in Canterbury to town. And the first time I did it uh, was when I come back from uni. My family did that classic thing of like moving house while I was at right. uni without really telling me that it was going on. Classic. So one day I was like booking a trick. Uh, train back to London. They were like, oh, yeah, no, we don't live there now. <laughs> it's all about Canterbury these days. <laughs> Haven't so, you okay, that's fine. So having lived in like South East London for most of my life, you develop a kind of relationship with walking around that is uh, functional, yeah. shall we say. So if you're going somewhere, you're going there, you know which road you're not going on. You're going to like project an air of, you know where you're going so that people um, don't try and you. fuck with you. That's the vibe. Now, it turns out that those instincts are all irrelevant in Canterbury. But the first time that my mum showed me like the way into town, it was just a checklist of places you should not walk. Right. It it starts on a sort of nature trail path that is pitch black, (laughs) even when it's sunny. Behind the house, it's like an alley where there's just uh, a big bank of grass on one side and then fences on the other. With uh, you can see straight down both ends as well, where so light like, wouldn't dare. easy to to be caught in. Yeah, then you go alongside a park, which is fine in the day, but at night it's completely unlit. And this is Kent, so there's no like light pollution no. really. So it's just pitch black. Then you go, you sort of meander through a kind of uh, those gates oh, that yeah. are supposed to stop cyclists, but actually just act as a fun cycling slalom yeah. for them. Oh, then there's that murder tunnel. Yeah, so there's a tunnel which is act, like literally called Hackington Place <laughs> that you go under, which is under the train tracks and is uh, variously, sometimes it's like really overlit in that kind of, you can feel the static and the buzz of the fluorescent mm. lights in the air. Sometimes it's pitch black, so it's anyone's guess. And then you kind of go between houses and, and then you're basically there eventually. But... um it turns out you, you know, this is fine. There's not a lot of uh, muggings going on in Canterbury. But what the other day happened, it, this is just my normal way to walk to the school where I'm teaching at the moment. And it was about eight, mm, no, maybe a bit later, about quarter past nine in the morning. So there are loads of people like walking that way for the, the commute to London, which is like an hour on the train. People kind of barreling in the same direction. And then I turned the corner towards Hackington Place where there is a stretch of maybe four houses before. And it was weirdly empty. Like everyone had just been staggered so that they would, they must been the other end of the tunnel by the time I got there. So I was suddenly very, it was really quiet all of a sudden, which was odd. And then, so I was just walking through and I became aware of like a figure off to the right in one of the gardens. And there's this garden that is creepily well kept. It's like a perfect rectangular lawn you can see the tracks of the lawnmower there's a little like perfectly kempt tree in the middle they must have read my article on pruning at some point and by the tree there was a a figure of a child with her back to me she was probably about seven i'd say 
and just sort of it's the start of every horror story yeah ever. just sort of murmuring and it's been like weird weather as we know in the uk it's people have been freaking out about the sky being yellow <laughs> which is i'm not even going to bother explaining just google it if you're if you hadn't heard but it's been quite misty several mornings and there was a mist kind of playing about and i just thought oh that's an odd like cinematic thing and then she kind of must have heard me walking my footsteps because she turned really slowly and she was a hundred years old <laughs> as she turned I just sort of, I think I made like an audible gasp because she was wearing a, a comically large Malcolm Tucker mask <laughs> on her face, a paper mask, and what? then just started waving at me. And I, I was like, I was floored by this. I just sort of stopped and then gasped. And then like slowly, without even really thinking about it, just became aware that I was waving back I'd have assumed, as I left. I'd have assumed I was in the middle of a night terror. It's so strange, isn't it? It's such an odd thing to happen. But there was right. no one else there because I kind of looked around to be like, are other people seeing this or have I finally lost all grasp <laughs> on reality? And um, I've seen little kids there before. So it, I, th- I think she's not a ghost, thankfully. Because okay. one time I was walking down there and... A girl of about the same age. And there was a ghost. The same girl. Uh, yeah, and this ghost rocked up. But no, the girl minus the Malcolm Tucker paper mask with a little brother, I assume, were trying to sell pebbles from the garden. Bold. I was like, I'm not having one of these pebbles. Like, they were charging like a quid for them as well. That's extortionate. I know. I, Have you heard I think of getting made... them off the floor yourself? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you heard of just taking pebbles from a baby? It's the easiest trick in the book. But no, there you go. There are my That's two. Um, that is odd. Little odd stories. I wonder if there's any connection. I wonder if Malcolm Certainly. Tucker ghost children are democratic. We actually got the idea for <laughs> democracy from ghosts. <laughs> from a, a, a ghost. From the ghost That's council. Um, well, mine, mine are uh, slightly less spooky. Um, uh-huh. The the first is that I, I've been, in, as I said, down near Canterbury in uh, in Faversham. Oh yeah this uh, week because my girlfriend's sister has had another baby and wow. so we've been visiting the baby what's it called it's called merin oh and she's very cute but obviously they um they have a a son already who's like two or three three yeah. i think i'd guess yeah three. i think three um and he's a bit odd anyway he's very uh he's very funny and quite eccentric mm-hmm. um He's very Alan Partridge, uh, <laughs> say. So um, he's uh, he's sort of in that phase of learning to adjust to the fact that he's not the only kid in the house, and he's certainly yeah, not some the people kid take that getting the most attention anymore. Um, and at times, over the few days we were there, you could see that he was getting a little bit uh, antsy about it. But he he mm. mostly um, he mostly seemed fine. But we were having lunch there one day, and he'd been to uh, nursery that morning and uh, mm-hmm. when he came back um, we were up talking to him and asking him questions at lunch everyone was around the table and uh, someone asked him if uh, a particular one of his friends um, was there and if he'd played with her today and and he, he responded with the phrase no no she doesn't go these days <laughs> <laughs> wow which he's seen too much which like tied tied very nicely into our kind of um conclusion from last episode about the uh the loss of childhood innocence yeah it was david foster wallace was right yeah it was like the um, the dylan moran line where he talks about um children at parties 
and uh, and he about how they're they're all far too serious. None of them seem to be having fun anymore. And how he, he goes up to one and asks, <laughs> he said, "I asked this girl, you know, uh, why isn't why isn't anybody playing?" And she said, "Oh, it's these parties. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone comes wow. along. You put on your best frock and your makeup. Nobody speaks to the real you." <laughs> <laughs> so we were we were quite. Uh, I was quite amused by that. I couldn't help but yeah, chuckle it in. I love again, like I just love young children using these really like dry adult phrases. Yeah. These days is such a good one as well because it, it's so couched yeah. in in the kind of uh, vernacular <laughs> weariness of, of middle age, and yeah, yeah, often associated as we've pointed out any any sentence that starts these days, comma. It's gonna be racist. racist. It's what gonna be racist. To say? It's gonna be these days. You xenophobic, can't move homophobic. <laughs> yeah. Some sort of offensive. Um, there was. Uh, oh, speaking of which, did, have you taken a look at racist pets yet? Oh, yeah, because it is correct. the best Twitter account of all. Should we time. link to it? Yeah, it's, shame dot city will have a link. It's essentially that someone has noticed, and I'm so glad that they have. That's incredible. An inordinate number of racist accounts on Twitter have their pets as their little mm. profile picture, and so they've just collated all of these tweets from across the internet, well, from Twitter, I should probably say. Specifically. <laughs> um, where the tweet is incredibly racist, but the picture is of some cute little dog. <laughs> so it just <laughs> looks like there's a bunch Such of a racist contrast. dogs online. And it's really funny. They gave us democracy first, and now, <laughs> who'd have now they've turned on us with racism. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other story was I had, uh, because obviously we're... Um, as we said, we're hoping to move out, you know, like 30% chance. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I've been getting back into the old freelance bullshit writing uh, world. <laughs> and I today had, imagine a more tragic sentence than this. I had a 40 minute uh, over the phone interview for wow. a job that is likely to pay me about $5 a week. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's but so I was like, sad. I'll, I'll go for it anyway because it, the 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 woman was was quite jolly. She's a half. Imagine this is a job, right? She's a mm-hmm. half Jamaican, half Nigerian, mm-hmm. British mm-hmm. lawyer mm-hmm. living in London, specialising in Canadian immigration law. Wow! So uh, that is an unusual collaboration of factors. So we, she might be the most interesting person <laughs> alive. It was good. We had like a we had a fun um, conversation. And uh, at the end, I mean, most of the that 40 minutes was just us chatting afterwards. Um, mm. But I can't remember why, but we got onto the subject. Oh, because we, we were talking about like um, being on the phone and working on the phones and whatnot. And uh, mm. I mentioned uh, the wonderful story you told about getting back at that scammer. Um, oh, yeah. The one who swore at you in all the languages. That was quite an experience. And she uh, responded by saying that when uh, she was working... Uh, one of her first jobs as a like clerk in a in a lawyer's office. Um, she, um, they kept getting these phone calls from a, a scamming company, clearly, mm-hmm. and um, one of them managed to take them down in the most incredibly lawyeristic way you could ever hope, which was that at the end of one of their phone calls, this woman she was working with told them that if they ever called back that they would be entering into a binding agreement that they were hiring her. So she'd be, <laughs> so she'd be recording their calls and charging them at a rate of like 
£1.75 a minute or something. Oh, that's pretty good. And they rang back. Like, they obviously thought she was joking. Um, and they rang back. And they rang back. And they rang back. And she'd keep them on the line for ages and ages, like, winding them up. Mm-hmm. Then it got to a point where she sent them an invoice. She literally sent an invoice to the company for about 300 quid. And they ignored it. And they kept ringing back. And then she sent another one for about 600 quid and they ignored it because they, they thought that she was joking, clearly. And mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> and so they kept ringing back. And then in the end, she took them to court for about 1,500 quid's worth wow. of, of phone calls and won. And they had to pay That's all of her so legal good. fees as well. And ent- like pretty much anything she wanted. <laughs> she'd, this person because she'd set, absolutely Because she'd right? set out her terms, like clearly on and on the phone and had recorded it. And uh, and they just kept ringing back, and I was like, "That's wow. so, that's such a great, that's the most lawyer story I've ever heard." That is amazing. <laughs> so that's yeah, so good. Don't I'll go do cold time. calling the old law. I remember I'll t- attach that spam call to the end of this. Episode. Oh yeah, um, it's not that good, guys. Don't get excited. <laughs> I, but I thought you should hear. I, I I forgot as well that I meant to say that time that my dad's particular way of dealing with cold call scams is that because um, that most of them aren't allowed to hang up on you. Right. Because it love like reaching targets and you're not allowed to hang up. You've got to stay on. You've got to try everything you can. So my dad mm-hmm. just puts them next to the television speaker <laughs> and leaves the phone there. <laughs> comes back like half an hour so later and there's the someone football. going, hello, sir, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds Sometimes I just like, I'll come home from, from work or I'll come home from being out and the the phone will be like sat on the on the telly stand in the phone. <laughs> and I'll just be like, Oh, that's been cold called. <laughs> there it is. Um, talking about doing freelancers reminded me of, I don't know how I forgot cause I did this today, started it anyway. I've been doing some voiceover work and the most recent job I've had to do is a, it's going to be for a 90 second advert for a brand of iced tea. And Very the nice. casting call was for, a kind of uh, posh Victorian character who's called Sir Wilfred, and he's like a diplomat. I think, from what I can tell, it's a real person who travelled around the world and wrote down a recipe once for something that vaguely resembles the product this company is now peddling, probably with the addition of a fuck tonne of sugar. Um, But So that's all fine. It's a bit kind of tedious to have to go, Greetings, old chap! (laughs) Hours on end. And things like that. And say Toodle Pip, trying to like fetishize my own nationality. But the shame of it, I suppose, for me, is that the brand of iced tea, uh, well, it is called Old Cock. <laughs> <laughs> and that's made for some lines like, Old Cock is better because it's pure. <laughs> Perfect for the busy gentleman like me. <laughs> it's also got... Uh, Old Cock offers three mouth-watering blends. <laughs> the ladies can't and, resist a bit of old cock. <laughs> and then, so they've given me in the script, they've got the, like... Someone's the having you on. V-O-B. It's me. I actually posted this job <laughs> just to get you to record it. <laughs> I mean, uh, for this money, I'll happily do it, um, as I am. You're going to be on the next Dom Jolly show, <laughs> screaming about old cock. <laughs> 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 so they've got the voiceover which includes those sorts of lines um and talks about how stuff's like inspired by his travel logs a must-have for those scorching summer days 
goes on about tea. No and, picnics uh, complete without a bit of old cock. <laughs> but then in the visuals section, they've got like, as part of the script, the kind of directions for the animation of what's going to be there. So that's got even more oh, things. Just no. the video begins with old cock. The event, in fact, it is the video begins with old cock walking elegantly into frame. <laughs> His name spins around to become old cock. Zoom out to show the earth spinning. So it's good that they're on the, uh, the anti-flat earth hype. Man takes a sip of old cock. Old cock pops into frame, <laughs> shaking its head disapprovingly. <laughs> Focus entirely on old cock. You are being scammed. <laughs> I'm you, not being scammed, are, they're paying You me. are being scammed, they are <laughs> not going to pay you. They're going to charge that back. You have been roundly mugged. <laughs> Old cock gathers ingredients. <laughs> I thought you were saying gathers himself. popping into frame. <laughs> oh dear, so yeah, that's... Um, I'll be sure to maybe share, if I can ever find the advert, these things are often like, go out in territories that I have no relationship no. to. And it's often really hard, even with like text we've written, you can't Google some of it because right. it gets like smashed into so many different articles. But if I can find the finished product, then I'll be sure to, oh, yeah, no, you, you must to find share. it. So you can hear me doing can't weird wait. Victorian accent I'm forward to chatting about old cock. I'll let you know when I've made it. <laughs> <laughs> um, we better get out of here, haven't we? Yeah, I've got to go to work. Yeah. We've got, shame. I'll attach the little scam call. We've got, of course, two more proofs questions to go through. That'll be on episode 48. We've got some emails, but how can people get in touch? Well, if they would like to email us and potentially feature in next week's shame mail segment, mm. a fan favorite, given it's our only one. It's up there. Um, uh, you can email the show tass at shame.city or you can get in touch via the website shame.city slash contact. Yeah. Um, if you'd like to find us on Twitter, then you can find the show at that's shamecast. You can find myself at cynical Declan or Isaac at Isaac B D. True fact. We've got the mailing list where there will be a hundred percent guaranteed bonus episode this month. On top of our Halloween special. That's just the kind of people we are. Two bonuses in one month. If I, if, if I weren't us, I wouldn't believe us, but I am us, no. so I do. Good. Uh, shame.city slash mail is the place to sign up. Emily, there. Emily, if you could get that one on a mug, <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs> that's going to be a fucking Sports Direct mug. It's Horrible. more of a tankard. Do you think I'll get any free old cock iced tea for doing this? I hope you... I, I mean... I mean, if I know the if old cock do, people, and I do, because it's me. Because <laughs> I'm them. <laughs> you're going to get a little bit of tinfoil. Oh, um... <laughs> get a little bit of tinfoil with some Sharpie that says if old I cock. If I ever see a bottle that says old cock on it, that's it for me. I'm checking it, out of society. Was it, the, was it the last episode, the last series of The Apprentice where they had to make a gin and one of them made a gin that was literally called Empire Gin? And it was like a on the bottle was a design oh, of no. like a map of the British Empire. <laughs> None oh, of them yeah. seemed to realise that it might be vaguely offensive. Weird. <laughs> Telling me that the people who go on the Apprentice aren't all that upstairs. <sighs> you that wouldn't surprise me. Have believed it. Shame.city slash mail. Get on that mailing list. We don't spam you in any conceivable sense nope. of the term. Other than that, of course, reviews are always accepted. Shame.city slash review. It takes you but a minute. It helps us. A lot. Not sure how, but it does. We'll weed those out in future episodes. What else is there? 
Nothing. That's it. That is it. Word of mouth is best of mouth. Tell a friend about the show. It's quite a show. We, this episode has been quite kind of erratic. Sorry about that. But, but um, soon, also, you know, when this 25% flat comes in, yeah. um, it'll it'll all be better. We promise. It will. It's it's going to be a brand new age for Shame. I was City thinking it could be like a, it could be like series two. Oh, won't be doing that. Yeah, because that'll be cumbersome. You can go back end, and change everything you can to series one. Would be. <laughs> we could just refer you just, to it without it making any yeah. reasonable structural difference. <laughs> That's the best kind of change. Um, other than that, yeah, this has been episode forty-seven. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for some little spam call thing at the end. Yep. Uh, I've been. Guy does hang up on me in the end. I've been Declan. Stop that! I'm not having this. You've been. <laughs> I've been upset by this ending, and I'm never coming back to the show. Bye. He's been sulky, Isaac. We'll see you next Wednesday. <laughs> Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, this is Kevin Williams calling you from British Telecom. I'm just calling regarding your internet connection, all right? Yep. Actually, we are at your yard as your internet service line has been infected. That is where we are calling you directly. As from past few days, we are receiving many problems regarding messages in, to our main servers from your internet service line. So if, this is for your benefit that because everybody can easily steal your information, misuse information for illegal activities. Oh, no. That's where we are. What what kind of illegal activities? Any kind of illegal activities. Any kind. The private details, ba- banking details. No. Um, you have done any ba- online banking? They can steal you all your information. Oh my god! The your service line has been infected. How could this so have happened? Right now. Sorry. How could this have happened? As your internet service line has been infected, that's why we are calling you. We are ready to fix your problem. <sighs> Okay. You're going to stop your internet connection, dude. Okay. I'm ready. So, do you want to stop your internet connection or you want to fix the problem? I, right know, I need to fix this. This is uh, life and death. Okay. Okay, first tell me that in which device are you using your internet connection? Um, a computer. Laptop. Oh, your computer. Yeah. So, can you switch it on right now? It's on. It's ready. It's ready? Yeah. All right. Okay, just can you be on the phone for me with the uh, for just thirty seconds so that I can transfer your okay. senior supervisor. So okay, that please be quick. I need. Please, please Sorry? don't leave me. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Yeah, I'm here. I'm wait. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, so can you be on the phone? Uh, I can transfer a call to a um, senior supervisor. Good. Yeah, that sounds good. Thank you. That sounds good. Send your best men. Thank you for holding online. I really appreciate your time and patience. You there. I am. Hello, Microsoft. Uh, hello. Hi. Uh, sir, my name is Harry. I'm calling from British Telecom London, okay? Great. And, uh, so, I hope you're aware about it, and, uh, your internet connection is right now. <sighs> yeah, no, I've heard all about uh, it. Yeah. How, how bad is it? Give it to I'm me straight. Sorry. I'm sorry? How, how bad are we talking? I would like to aware you about that, that your internet connection is infected and you have to fix this issue as soon as possible. Oh, God. Is it bad? Okay, and absolutely, sir, because anybody can use your identity <gasps> and can do any kind of criminal activity. Any any kind of criminal activity? Yes, because if wow. you connect infected line with your devices, what will happen? 
anybody can connect with your devices at any moment of time and that Fuck. is the reason we are stopping internet service right now right away oh my god okay yeah so no stop it let you know that we are stopping your internet connection okay and uh, if you want to fix this issue kindly go ahead and visit the service center or service provider okay in order to fix this issue yeah okay. no i'll do that okay thank you thanks Come to you. 